You are listening to a message from City Church of Richmond, located in Richmond, Virginia. We are a broken people, loved by God, continually restored by Christ, and sent out to worship God, serve our city, and work for its renewal. To learn more about City Church and to find out how to get connected to our community, visit our website at citychurchrva.com. That's C-I-T-Y-C-H-U-R-C-H-R-V-A.com. And thanks for listening. If you can schedule the appointments maybe tomorrow, (laughs) I will be glad to help you. Now, let's open our Bibles in Philippians chapter 1. I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 5 to 8. And if you can... Please stand up as we read the Word of God. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 8. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who thought he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death in the cross. Let us pray. Father, we Thank you for the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for your word this afternoon. And we ask for your Holy Spirit to teach us and to remind us about God's kingdom and how Jesus' work applies to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. Today, I, I think uh, about coming here and I was thinking, how is City Church? How am I going to meet the people at City Church? And I contacted a friend, I don't know if you know, Dan Carson. He's one of the members here and he told me, you know, you will find people from 25 to 43. And I'm like, <laughs> and their children. So... I'm glad to be here, and thank you for your your invitation. I want to start today with a little story uh, about a family between 25 and 43. Uh, This family, they were farmers. Uh, Lisa, who was the wife, and her beloved husband. And in May 2017... Shortly after they planted, they finished planting their crops, her husband got a heart attack. This was a moment of desperation, pain, and sorrow. She was stunned by the loss of her loved ones. In addition to this, and all the turmoil that this change brought in her life, she was worried about the responsibilities that were felt, that felt upon her shoulders. 
After the funeral, her worries increased, and she needed to take care of 235 acres of corn and 165 acres of soybean. One morning on Wednesday, October 25th of 2017, harvest time arrived. Suddenly, sounds of combines, tractors, grain carts, and semis were roaring near Lisa's farm, farmland. There were three dozens of neighbors that show up to the field. They had united to help, and they were present to help her harvest the crops. Every one of them stopped by in, the, in their farms and decided to help their member of their community. One of the individuals said, is what we have to do, is what we do for each other in this community. In this illustration, this community were gathered to help one another. And they were united for a common purpose. If you've been in church for a long time, you, you can relate to this example too. We are a group of broken people who help one another. We are a group of sinners who have something in common, or faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what united us. That's what we hold on. The Spirit of Christ makes us be more like Christ. And when we act in a Christ-like way toward each other, we strengthen our unity in Christ. Now, however, if we have lack of unity, that can result in internal and external pressures among, each, among members. But if we unite in the middle of suffering, there is no conflict that can separate us or differences. In Philippians 2, Paul addresses a group of Christians who were experiencing oppression. They were experiencing marginalization. They were being persecuted. And Paul itself, he was writing from prison. Paul wrote to them in order to encourage them to be united. And, they, and he told them, he wrote to them to have a mindset, the mindset of Christ. As we reflect in the meaning of the suffering and death of Christ, we want to consider a few points. The perfect servant attitude, which is Christ. The second point is the incomparable humility or humbleness. And the third point is our perfect obedience. If we see Philippians chapter 1 to 4, and I'm sorry, I'm used to moving, but that's when I preach in Spanish. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, the Apostle Paul lists a list of virtues. He lists virtues that promote unity within the church. The Christian church is characterized by, by affection, sympathy, and love. And Paul urged Christian believers to displace Christ-like attitudes. And when we look at verses 1 to 4, Christ-like attitudes include self-denial, self-sacrifice, obedience, unconditional love. 
And for us as citizens of the kingdom, we value the proclamation of the gospel, and as we proclaim the gospel, we rejoice in the salvation of our humble servant, of our humble servant, Jesus Christ. Many of these virtues that we see are virtues that we want to see in Christians, in other Christians, and we want to see in us as in our fellow Christians, but many times we fall short. Philippians chapter 2 begins with this list. But this list serves as a preamble of the work of Christ and his sacrificial love. Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, took the human nature, a human nature, and he's perfectly God and perfectly human, and he humbled himself. He's, a, he's the best example that we can have as a of self-sacrifice in his incarnation. In verse 5, Paul exhorts believers to be united. This is not a unity based on outward appearance. It's not a unity based on what sometimes we call emotional intelligence. But it's a unity based on God's work. Christ's earthly life and ministry is a model of humble service and obedience. Now, for biblical scholars, for people who study this passage, write books about this passage, this passage is considered like the bedrock of early Christianity, one of the earliest creeds, and Paul is urging Christians to have the same mindset in their interaction, a mindset that promotes unity, not division, but in order to exhibit and embrace this mindset, Paul reminds the Philippians, Christ is the godly example to follow. But how can the church, how can we have a Christ-like mindset in order to think and live like Christ? Our lives need to be transformed by God's grace. One of the earliest Reformed confessions, the Belgic Confession, say, We believe that this true faith produced in man by hearing God's word and by the work of the Holy Spirit that generates him and makes him a new man, causing him to live the new life, and freeing him from the slavery of sin. We have to remind ourselves that it's the work of God within us that help us, that help you and me have the mindset of Christ, mindset that cultivate the virtues to strive together for the passion of God's kingdom. No matter where we, are, we come from, if we are united by Christ, we can work together in the kingdom. We need, we need to deepen our understanding also of Christ's example, of his sacrifice, of his obedience, and reflect on his person and his work and become thankful of this. Therefore, as I repeat, Christ is an ultimate model. Model for our Christian behavior of actions, he is perfectly humble, perfectly self-sacrificing, perfectly self-giving. 
But what is the contrast of today's day and age? We are influenced by other forms of thinking, nominal Christianity, politics, humanly motivated moralistic approaches of the, to the Christian religion that moves away, move us away from the example of Christ. As Christian, our prayer has to be that the power of the Holy Spirit help us to be conformed more and more in the image of Christ. Knowing that the Christ, knowing that Christ mindset, mindset will help us to be humble, self-sacrificial, to help others, self-giving, deny ourselves. As John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus Christ say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes the sin of the world. An attitude in which is the exact opposite of selfish ambitions. It's an attitude that he becomes like the servants of all of us. And in order to better understand what we need and how, we humble, how he humbled himself, we can look at verses 6 and 7 to his incomparable humility. Verses 6 and 7 say, He who thought he was in the form of God did not count equality with God as anything to be grasped, but empty himself by taking the form of servant, being born in the likeness of men. As we know, Christ is the obedient servant per excellence. Christ is committed his whole life to obey the will of God. And it's the life of God that contrasts, it's the life of Christ that contrasts the attitude of this world. A sinful man with do not have that desire to humble ourselves nor to serve others in accordance with God's will. In our sinful nature, we want others to, to serve us. We have selfish ambitions. Thus, there is a huge contrast in the mindset of Christ, a humble servant, and, a mindset, and the mindset of a sinful man A sinful man has aspirations to the greatness for himself. And the mindset of Christ has aspirations to glorify God with all the strengths. As we see Philippians, Paul's right from prison and encouraged the Philippians brothers to continue working for the propagation of the gospel. And who will thought that the gospel will increase if one of the best missionaries were in jail? Paul was in jail. He was, the, he was like the engine of the gospel to be proclaimed in East Asia, in Asia Minor. And who would have thought that the Holy Spirit will use Christians who were not missionaries but in their communities to be bold, to develop, to create, to be bold in, in talking about the gospel. The Christians took the gospel in the Roman empires and they were nobody. They were not seeking for 
their glory and their identity and purpose came from their master's humble sacrifice, the son of the living God. So let us look at passage 2-7 of uh, Philippians 2, 6 and 7, that talks about Christ's divinity, his equality with God. And we can parallel with Colossians 3, 11, that say Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. So the Son of God, who is equal, who is God, who is equal to God, took the form of a servant and laid aside his glory. By doing this, he lowered himself. And the apostle wrote also in Second Corinthians 8, 9, to he was rich, yet, for your sake became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. So his humbleness, his, his humility, his, his self-sacrifice is something that blesses us, and we should be thankful. Christ humbled himself by taking his the human, a human, on human flesh, and he's fully man and fully God, and his humiliation was the great, the great, the, one of the great expressions of love that he can share with us to save us, to save his people, and to make atonement for our sins. And these verses acknowledge that Christ received the punishment that we deserve. If we look at verses six and seven. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. He is the maximum example of a servant. Robert Greenleaf, an author of a book called The Servant Leadership, writes that the leader who serves his followers is a great leader. The difference manifests itself in the care taken by the servant first to make sure that other people's highest priority needs are being served. And that's what Christ does. Once again, we see the contrast with the mindset of the world. And Paul is reminding, this might be your mindset, that your mindset, have this mindset among yourself, which is yours in Christ. So Christ fulfills the requirements of the law as, as a servant too. And it's in the covenant of grace that Jesus represents his people. How challenging can it be for our mindset? How challenging can it be for us to change the way we think about others? The way we think as a church? I am not sure or I don't know uh, how united is uh, City Church. But I know that you know that Christ 
is the one who brought you together, who brings you together every Sunday to worship him. He's the one who brings you together to share a common purpose. It's his humiliation and also his life suffering that he experienced that we rejoice every Sunday, that we talk about Christ to others, that we share the gospel. is because of his humble sacrifice. 2 Corinthians 8, 8, 9 say, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So his humiliation included resisting also the temptation. His humiliation, he, he became tempted in all the ways, but for the love of the church, for the love of his covenant children, he suffered humiliation. He suffered physical agony in his humanity. He was very familiar with the suffering through his earthly life, especially at the end, through, throughout his earthly life, especially at the end. He experienced fatigue, hunger, thirst, lack of rest. The Son of God, the Son of the living God, experienced suffering, humbling himself to love everyone of his covenant children. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like the lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that's before it shares, is silent. So he opened up his mouth. Isaiah 53, 7 says that. So this was part of his humiliation. He was experiencing the wrath of God in order to atone or to pay for our sins and reconcile us with God. So that's something that unites us. His sacrifice unites us. Verses 2-8, we can see his perfect obedience. The Christ, Christ, the Son of God, equal to God, the very source of life who became man. In his humanity, he embraced his calling as a servant who humbled himself and becoming obedient. He sought to do this, to do the will of God, to do the will of the Father, to redeem us. And that, that verse 8 is, for some scholars, that's an inspired hymn as well. What, unite, what unites you to this church is my question today. What brings you together in this church? It's not your common interest. It's not your likes or dislikes. It's not your interest, your political animosity, what brought you together, what brings you together, what unites you together is Christ. Will you say amen, amen to that? Is that Christ who brings you together? What brings a community of believers to help one another, to pray one another, to help other communities is Christ. 
It's through Christ's perfect sacrifice that we are reconciled with God. Does that bring us hope? What a great hope we have in Christ. Our Savior, who was selfless, who, was selfless, who loved us, who self-sacrificed, brought us together from every tribe, every nation, every tongue. You will see people worshiping in every tongue, from every tongue, from every nation. What brings them together is the sacrifice. Of Christ, what a great hope! His people are not are no longer condemned or hopeless. On the basis of his humiliation, Jesus will present his people before God as holy, without blemish. As Christians, we should always live day by day, remembering that Christ humbled Himself in order that we have fellowship with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. As believers, we all are united by his humble sacrifice. We can be assured that Christ's love for us reflect in his suffering and his death is what also that what unites us. And we should be amazed and thankful of having a great Savior. Let us not take this from granted. Let us not take his salvation from granted. Let us not take his humiliation for granted, but let us enjoy our fellowship. As we are members of Jesus Christ, let us enjoy our fellowship. As time changes or as the church goes to trials, as it did in Philippians, Paul is encouraging, have this mindset, be united, because it's Christ who brings us together. Let us pray. Father, as we read your word and we see the humble sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ and the mindset that we shall pursue, let your Holy Spirit apply your word in our hearts. As we hear your word, let, us your, let your Holy Spirit to bring that word in your heart to be like Christ, who denied himself, who sacrificed himself for us to be children of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.